iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour. I'm Sharon Kleina. The power of water is the focus of our show every uh, for over six years. The power of water on this planet Earth. Have you been hearing about the drought? All over the world, we're having challenges with water. There was something written that I want to remind you in the National Geographic not long ago by Barbara Kingsolver. We seem to be living in a new aqueous age. Water is the visible space. Barbara is right. The mirror in the water is the visible face of our lives and it's climate change and what's happening. And Barbara wrote, the mother water may have been taken for granted and I'm joining Barbara. It has been taken for granted. Our population last week grew throughout the world, 1,481,680 people. This happens every week. Now, when you have a growth growing in the world of human species, animals, all the life on this planet Earth is growing. And we, the water is what keeps things alive, keeps, provides healthiness. It's the, water is the solvent. And water provides the breath of life in your humidity that you're breathing. So without the breath of life, you would not be alive. Disease would be out of control in time. Now, there's a, there's a lot of debate going on about dams, and I'm going to tell you something about my research in water and the outlook on water. We're living on a planet that has water, and that is affecting the whole universe. We have water on the planet Earth. We have a responsibility. Now, there are aquifers below the Earth, below that soil, below the ground rock, the rock, those aquifers have a hidden agenda of water. If we do not protect those aquifers and the water on the surface of the earth, it will all run to the ocean, and what will be left is seawater. My research has been proving there is no life which is seawater. It's got to have fresh water. 97% of the earth's water is seawater, 3% is fresh water, but only 1% is usable for life on Earth to use for fresh water. Now, there's a controversy about dams, and I've been doing a lot of research about dams. I believe 
that dams are important if they're scientifically built and and they they're under the regulations of new research that we're learning. What would you do without a dam in some of these areas that have no water and there's a lot of drought all over the world? Dams are vital for times that there are droughts or something happens with pollution or you need to, to regenerate hydraulic the aquifers below the dams. We're learning a lot about dams. The other thing is water and sanitation are human rights. Now, when you elect your politician, the priority of a politician is for you to be able to have safety and human rights to your life. You hired them. The government is under your hire. You are the boss. You are the employer. So when you have the priority of water, sanitation, and human rights to your life, always remember that. That's the beauty of living on the planet Earth with the freedom of worship, prayer, and human rights. The other one is getting the most out of every drop of water you can. We're learning. We are learning. The global economy is having a downturn, but the global economy is having a downturn. But what would be the most important part of your life and everyone's life and the newborn baby, the unborn baby, the animals that are running around needing us at the mercy of our, our decisions, is our politicians must put a priority on water and safety and human rights. So think about the water. That's been my research for over 30 years, and that's the focus of our, our show every week is education and water. Today, though, we're having an interesting show about money. And there's a fascination about, because every day we're hearing about money because of the budget and the deficits and, and what the businesses of the world have done. But remember, it wasn't just the businesses. The politicians didn't help it. The regulations and what happened there, just remember that in, in, we had a situation in not long ago, in, uh, in about 2007, 8, and 9, where all of a sudden the regulations happened, changed the money. And then all of a sudden we're having a worldwide money crisis, and who should be embarrassed? I personally think it should be our politicians, but that's just me. Today we have a special guest about money. Her name is Peggy Murdoch. She's the author of the book, it, it's never about the money. It's what it is. And I'm anxious to hear because I've been running a company for a long time. I'm a woman, and I run into challenges, and the whole wide world is running into those same challenges all the way to everybody out there in a camp that's camping in a tent and trying to make ends meet. We're going to listen to our sponsor first, though. Did you know that the surface of your eyes is 99% water? At the tear film, nature gave you a tear film at the surface of your cornea. Nature's Tears I Mist is the only water product worldwide, tissue culture-grade water, to be able to, with just a mist, support that, supplement it, give you that unequal dry eye solution with just a mist. 
We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Peggy Murdoch. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Today we have Peggy Burdeck, who is the author of a very exciting book, and I'll let her describe it to you. Peggy, are you with us? I am. Sharon, thank you very much for this time with you. Well, thank you for giving us your time. And, you know, Peggy, uh, I'm going to tell you about me, and then you can tell me, I'll tell you where I'm coming from okay. on your book. I, I'm 70 years old. I've been in the business, my business life since I've been in the world of money, uh, since I've been in my 20s. I've been married for 49 years, so I had a partnership on whether that's good or bad sometimes, because sometimes husbands and wives in business don't always agree. Uh-huh. So today we're going to talk about, it's, the book is never about money, even when it is, uh-huh. but you're, you have a past. Tell our audience why you decided to get into this. Well, for me, and I think this is true of so many people, they end up at some point like hitting the wall and having an epiphany that changes their life. I had been a, um, a mortgage broker, and before that I was uh, vice president of sales of a company that focused on women and their clothing. And um, when I went, that was a big, it was a huge eye-opening experience for me to see how women really interrelated with each other. And instead of being competitive, they were, in fact, very supportive. Um, When I was a mortgage broker, I got to really see the inside of a woman's financial life, and it was shocking to me how many women mismanaged their finances. That started to kind of ring the bell for me because on one hand I was drawn to it, on the other hand I was repelled by it because I was in denial. I didn't want to confront my financial issues. But as the universe seems to have its own way and they seem to know what's best, I was shoehorned out of my marriage, my house, just every part of my life that had been predictable. And in my turmoil... I was able to hire a career coach who really said to me, you know, she asked me questions that no one had ever got me to focus on before. And it was through all of that that I was able to start working on my own financial issues. 
putting myself on a road of healing and change, and then being able to have some perspective to look back and go, whoa, if I could do this, anybody could do this. Which right, then became, right. Right? So change is a matter of choice. Mm-hmm. So I chose the path less taken. Thank you, Robert Frost. And it opened up, and it gave me my life. It gave me a life I never had. So, years so ago, your life took a change prior to your um, new directions and this direction, which is a very exciting direction. And the timing is so perfect, I believe, uh, with my background. Uh, it's The issues out there, Peggy, are... Um, money has always been since I, I look at it back this way, Peggy. It's since the beginning of the caveman exchanged the pebbles instead of the word money. The money, the word money is an invention as a word too. Uh, then along the way, uh, people in life were the money. And have you ever noticed that success about anything is how much money did you make at it? And how much money do you have in your pocket? And sometimes uh, along the way when people's lives have been changed, so your life changed with uh, your your marriage changed it or was it your career that changed it? Everything everything was going, everything came together. Things happened for a reason. I truly believe that. So you uh, had a change of career and a change of marriage. Yeah, and a change of living circumstances. Living circumstances came right with it. Right. Yeah, exactly. So right. I was up there on the stress level. I was a plaintiff in a lawsuit that hadn't been settled yet. Well, there my money was sitting, but I couldn't touch it. Oh, my God. So I was forced. Yes, yeah, so I was forced to be humble. I was forced to let down my defenses enough to ask for help from, the, from people who I trusted who knew more than me. You know, may I say something? You are amazing. Uh, you had all of those things happen almost at once? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, just a lawyer thing all by itself to pay for that. Yeah. Well, it, 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 you're right, but you know, I had, I, the thing that partly got me through it is that I had been in therapy with a, with a phenomenal woman 22 years prior named Dita Oliker, and uh-huh. she gave me some great foundation. So for me, think, I, What do you think the foundation is, Peggy? Oh, the foundation, and here's, here's what she taught me, and this is really what my book is about. She taught me that you have choice, you have power, and your young life, those feelings got cemented and they impact your behaviors today. So that I was in denial about money, gee, where did that come from? It didn't come from messages from my parents and arguing about money. It had nothing to do with that because money is a symbol. Money, as I call it, is collateral damage of earlier things that happened to you. So she gave, she gave me those messages, but of course, with those many years, I, I wasn't able to use those tools. It wasn't until my life really imploded that I was able to reach out and start to create some tools by listening, mm-hmm. listening to people who, as I said, who I trusted, who gave me advice that, in fact, worked. Mm-hmm. So now, if you're coming along and the money... I got to ask you, did you say, did you say that the money, you had a very, you felt money was very important to you, that it, it, ran, it, it ran your life, or you found out later that it had more importance than you had been taught? I lost you. Okay. Here's, here's what's, what's the biggest fear that women have? It's to be alone and broke. Okay? So for me... Money was, and it is for everyone, it's a sta- it can be a statement of stability. Well, I didn't have stability in my life ever, ever, ever. Gee, I wonder why. 
So I, I was forced to look at all of that. Money is, is very important, but when people get it mixed up and they, and they emphasize it and the other pieces of their life are not in balance, it starts to tell you something about that person. You can have tons of money and be miserable. Oh, my. This is something. Are you finding it fascinating? And what you just said is so fascinating to me. And I'm going to bring, because we've got so much to talk about, so I don't want to waste a moment with this. But when you just said something, because are we being inundated here in the United States and the rest of the world about money lately? I mean, if it isn't the economy and the deficit, it's are you rich or are you poor or are you middle? I mean, I've never heard so much in my life, and I'm 70, Peggy. Uh, You know, I came from an era, and that's why I always tell people my age, uh, I came from an era that nobody paid any attention if the neighbors were uh, painting their houses and you couldn't afford it. Then all of a sudden we came in an era of of people feeling um, uh, that you're embarrassed uh, because they didn't have the money. And that's all of a sudden happening right now. Um, I'm noticing um, what you're saying more than ever. Uh, but back to us, are you talking like to about a single woman? Because this is going to be a lot about women today. As a single woman, she should not be worried about the fact that, not worried, I don't want to use that word. She should not be concerned about the fact that she doesn't have money in her pocket at the moment. She's got other things to think about and to build her uh, life and her choices for the future without worrying about the money at the moment. Do other things first before you have to worry about the money. Get yourself in check. Get yourself in confidence before you worry about the money. You know, Sharon, it's further upstream than that. Worrying has no value. It takes you out. I, 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 I agree with you. Worry has right? no value. I right? agree it with has, you. It's the future. It's the fear I of agree the future. with you with that, yes. And the way, and the way you prevent yes. fear yes. Yeah. from creeping in and running your life is to right. be present and to have power and control because you can exercise that. Yeah. But what a lot of people do is they don't take control and they push everything into the future and all they do is fret. and well, worry. Happens. Yeah, right. Nothing worry about something changes. they can't control. Not, right. Nothing changes. So when well, there was start- something. I was saying something recently to somebody we had on the show and because and, we had a similar about psychology and your outlook in life and and I've always had this thing, Piggy, think about it once, but don't think about it twice. It'll trick you. <laughs> Did you follow me? I got, I got, it's like my expression of free beer tomorrow. You get to that for a minute, you know? Well, you know, all over the world, we're inundated with all of these communications and vulnerabilities of, of opinions and communications, and we're drawn to what are they thinking? What is that going on? We're not thinking about the freedom of life on the planet Earth is your own freedom of thinking. You don't even have to tell anybody what you're thinking. That's how free you are. But if you get where you're fretting or venting or worrying, it's, 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 you may, maybe you better figure out, maybe you can think about it once, but don't think about it twice if it's going to trick you into worry. Because worry is well, not going to solve it, is it, Peggy? No, it's not, Sharon. But here's the thing that people need to do is there's a whole bunch of activities and coaches and psychiatrists, whatever, all out there that come from the head. And life begins in the gut. Life begins where you feel. 
And right. that's what I get. That's what I get my clients to do because you know I have a, I have a coaching practice, and they get them mm-hmm. to focus on the feelings because those okay. feelings cemented by the time they were five years old, and those feelings control their current day behaviors. So if you have debt, okay, partly it's not your fault because you didn't know what you were doing. You were just reacting to something. But as you gain self-awareness in the present, you are responsible for that, and you are responsible for those decisions going forth. Well, there's a solve. You know, a Piggy, you know, follow me, and you're, you're the life coach on this. Uh, my world is research into something else, water. But anyway, uh, when you think about what has happened to a person, that, that something didn't go right, that's called obstacles. And what do we get happen to it? What happens to us every day, Peggy? We get out of bed. We don't go looking for obstacles. They happen, but they're meant to solve. They're meant to solve. Well, here's and that's what you're saying today. They can be solved if you're willing. Sometimes people get confused between a lesson, you know, a, a, a clue. How do they interpret it? Is it this? Is it a, is it a sign to not do something, or does a lesson for me to learn something? Not quite sure what it is yet, but it's a lesson for me to learn. And right. I truly believe almost mm-hmm. everything you see is a speed bump. It's a lesson to learn because at the end of the day, as you're talking about water, and what's the most powerful tool we have is building dams. Well. Control dams. Dams are a great metaphor for having control, and you better have it because if you don't have it, then someone else has it, and you don't want to live that way. You don't want to live with your feelings from when you were five controlling your behaviors today because that's how you get in the doghouse. Yeah, we get confused. Yeah, yeah, people. Uh, we do. We. I don't care if, if Einstein or whoever's out there in the world watching over us and the brilliance of our forefathers that got us where we're at. We're now more confused than any time in history because we... You know the other thing, Peggy, is common sense. What happened to the word common sense? You'd think. Common sense means information readily available. But you'd think people would know. When I was a mortgage broker, I had people who wanted to do these loans. They were, they were called 327, three years fixed, 27 uh, adjustable. And they couldn't afford the 20, when, if, they, if it was going to adjust in 37 months, they couldn't afford that rate, but they could afford now the fixed. And I'd say to people, but wait a second, you've got to look down the road. And they were so determined to get that money now and do that refinancing now that they said no. Well, where is the common sense in that conversation? Exactly. But, you know, we became a society. I was saying this to a very prominent businessman not long ago uh, in the billions. I was saying, what happened to our society? We became like there's a casino in every city. There's lottery in every city. We're taking chances like nobody ever has in the world. I mean, ever in history. uh, the, the, The risks are like, well, if I don't take a risk, I'll never make it. Well, like you just said, there's common sense, too. Well, here's the thing. It has to make sense. I mean, I happen, I, 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 happen, I live in California. I happen to love the lottery, okay? So I play, it's a dollar, and I figure, you know, I have the same non-chance as everybody else, but I only play for a dollar. I never, never, never play for more. And then you have people walking in, and they've got wishes and desires, whatever, and they're gambling, you know, hundreds of dollars. But meanwhile, they don't have a job. They don't make their life work in the present, Okay, that to me is like, are you crazy? 
pay $1 for the lottery, okay, and you will get a job. You will don't mm-hmm. give your kids $150 to go buy sneakers, and you can't pay your light bill, but you've bought 100 lottery tickets. What mm-hmm. sense does this make? You know, Oprah, you know Oprah, Peggy, and- you know, way back in time, you really got a wonderful direction going here to help uh, give people the assistance they need. And it sounds like you do it with a lot of women. Am I wrong? Is this more uh, toward the women? Your yes, focus? It is, it, is, it is. And you know, you were talking earlier about women who uh, don't know how to manage. Is it because maybe they came from an influence where the father or the husband managed the money and didn't let them have any management? Wait, um, you just, wait, Sharon, you just said it. The husband didn't let them. Uh-oh, who's got the power in that household? And they may came from a father who did the same thing, and they didn't think much different. That the father yeah. did it at home yeah. and the husband's yeah. doing it. And, and it's kind of like, uh, Peggy, it's so amusing. My husband doesn't really think I can load the dishwasher like he does. <laughs> I mean, Peggy, now, do you think I really care that much? Because I'm in the, I'm, I have a business and my husband and I are, I am, I'm the founder of our company, but back to the whole thing and the business and I run the business and trust me I have no end of obstacles every day Peggy to solve but back to women and that kind of husband and that kind of relationship let's say whether they're married or divorced or having a relationship with someone it is rough when the man doesn't think that she can handle the money well here's the thing that kind of mindset comes from fear and what most married couples do not do, which they should be doing, is having a money conversation before they get married. And uh, when people don't do that, a whole bunch of problems are going to crop up. And women, to, to, on a good day, have shame about money. Men don't have shame about money. So it gets very complicated. But out of respect, what they need to do is discuss it ahead of time. They discuss children for the most part. They'll discuss religion, you know, if they have some different kinds of faith. But, boy, they never discuss money. Can I tell you, I don't know if they're discussing much anymore. Uh, I could be wrong. Uh, I've been married almost 50 years. But, Peggy, do they discuss things like that? I've got to ask you. You've been doing a lot of research. Do they really sit down and discuss before the marriage religion and the toothpaste and and money and uh, the food, the diet? Do they discuss that? Well, you know, I see couples usually when when it's, down the road when they've already been married for a while and they're running into a brick wall with each other about the finances. I think it depends on just what kind of person you are. Some people are very proactive and they'll talk about everything, and some people, they feel maybe it's unromantic. I don't know. But for sure, you know, I've been married twice, and I never discussed money before I got married. And it it was stupid and it was a big mistake. And sure or did enough, you think you did it because you felt like it might be a sensitive issue and you stayed away from it? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't there want to, we go. I, there we go. A lot, of, a lot of shame. A lot of shame about the money. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to bring it up. My first husband. Well, that's a long story. But anyway, the point is that I did not take control, and I should have. Mm-hmm. But then again, then I probably wouldn't have gotten married. I thought, well, let's say, let me let me judge, let me judge this one. You know, there. Peggy, you're going to laugh. I think that you're, what you're doing is great. Um, you know, it is so funny when I look back. Can you imagine, Peggy, how long ago I got married? And um, and by it's really strange. Uh, I, I, I feel like it just happened yesterday, actually, even though we've, it's been a long time. But 
back to the, uh, if I had it to do again, I'd have my notebook and my log and my diary to go ask questions and interview my husband. Yes, that, <laughs> my husband's from Holland, and we laugh. Um, everybody kind of laughs about us because he came, he, he teases Peggy. It was two months after we were married, and I wanted to go up to his nose to nose and look at his face with my nose touching his nose. Are you the person I'm madly in love with? My gosh. And because he became all of a sudden this old country dominating my life within two months. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, I was never going to get married, never had kids, but I fell madly in love, Peggy. So what you find uh, is uh, the uh, your relationship. I think if everybody should sit down and and interview and be happy to interview. It's a long life, and it's a fabulous life, and it can be a soulmate life if you're willing to work together and give and take. And believe me, that word give and take uh, is right. And money is a big deal, but a lot of other things too. But money is so important, and it will never change whether we like it or not. And uh, the success of a good relationship is who's going to manage, how are you going to help each other. And uh, if two people in the house are working, uh, they, each person should have their own choice on what they want, their choices on how they want to manage the home. And the home is a business, uh, Peggy. It's a business. Well, people forget it's a, it is, whether we want to say it or not. There's a business going on every single day. You've got to pay the power. You've got to get your nutrition. You've got to have health insurance. You've got to have your car insurance. You've got to have all these insurances. You've got your living and sleeping and breathing for paying your insurances and your taxes. So without the money, how are you going to do that? Well, you see, when you have, I, mean, I like the way that you, phrase it as being a business. What I say to my clients is that your marriage, first of all, money is the silent partner in a marriage. And number two, you need to treat your marriage like a business. You need to take care of your business just like you take care of your child. Exactly. And that requires sacrifice. It requires paying attention to them. It's paying, it's, it's paying attention to the fact of when's a good time to talk to your partner about something, when it's a not such a great time. Being, mm-hmm. Building self-awareness mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. brings you to that, quote, business, um, a better participant and a better employee. If you can't separate all the stuff out, and a lot of couples can't, it, they just, it's, it's a battleground. Well, and you then, know, Peggy, what about the, the day you wake up and your car broke down and you have to go to work? You woke up and somebody did something that cost you more money, like you had your surprises. Well, my gosh, I mean, those you have to have something aside to prepare for the day. You may have a surprise. You have something well, extra yeah, but that, that you didn't but that's all about, on. But that's all about managing money. Listen, I, yeah. I married a guy, my second marriage, had $37 in his pocket. Right there, it told me a lot. He graduated first in his, in his class at law school, Brooklyn Law School. He was incredibly bright, incredibly capable. And I fell into the trap of, oh, I think I can fix him. I can rescue him. You know how women do that. Well, you know, then everything came full circle. <laughs> so the $37 in his pocket rang true when it came divorce time, and I had to pay for everything, and, I'm, and frankly, I'm still paying for things mm-hmm. because I did not manage it right, and I cannot blame him solely. I was standing right there when he made certain decisions. I could have spoken up and said, no, 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 let's not get a Mercedes. Let's get a Volkswagen. I didn't do that. 
I was mm-hmm. culpable. Okay, but for me to finally admit that and say, you know what, that's going to stop right here. I am not. You know, not you just that. mentioned and, something that might be valuable for our listeners too. Is I find myself, Peggy, uh, we're getting ready to write. They're going to write a book about my life and what I've been doing, and and you know, and I'm all for that. And then the first one's not going to be about water. It's going to be about business, the business world I've been in all over the world. I'm the only woman doing what I do. But, you know, we women have a tendency, Peggy, to be pushovers to want to get along. Mm-hmm. Because men have a tendency. Now, men, you out there, my brother was my best friend, my father, my grandfather. and wait, I really, I mean, I, I got along beautifully with the men in my life. But mm-hmm. we have a tendency, and I've done it in my business life, and I've often thought of other women in their business lives, we have a tendency to want to get along because they begin to bully us if we don't. Now, men and women out there, I hope you understand what I'm saying. The word bullying us. Now, they can call it being firm, being tough, being uh, consciously uh, strong about their head. But I'm going to say their tone, their way of doing things will bully the gal. And uh, I've been there. I've been bullied. Through the years, and everyone, not a lot, not a lot, but just enough to where I'll back up and all of a sudden in time, and my, uh, my brother who was a graduate of Wharton with his MBA, one of the most successful and nicest men I've ever met in my life, had the total respect for everyone and women too, would say, if you, if that happened, that's your fault. You let it happen. But, Sharon, it's true. You are responsible for setting the boundaries. Everything stems from respect. Right, and if, you don't, and if you don't demand it, don't demand it. You ain't, oh. you ain't getting it. You ain't. You are not. You know. Let's it. come back to that one with money in a minute. We're going to take a moment with our sponsor, uh, Peggy, and then you can teach us about what that word respect means for women to learn that it's not the money; it's earning respect and dignity. Is that okay with you? Any, any, okay. This is, anything you want, Sharon. Okay. Uh, we'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with Just a Mist to supplement what is dry eye, what is the dry eye solution. The eye drop is a formulation to trap the moisture, but if there's no moisture and you have dry eye, you need a supplement. Nature's Tears Eye Mist. We'll listen to our sponsor and be right back with Peggy. World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Peggy, Peggy, you were mentioning about the word, you know, the word respect is so important for every single person on the face of the planet to want to earn that respect, be expect to be respected. So you you're right on there about women needing to earn respect, and it isn't going to be the money's not going to buy it. Well, here's the thing, you know. I it's, first of all, it's uh, I, it's not just people; it's every species. It doesn't it could be a dog? It could be hippopotamus. Right. It doesn't matter. There are you're always right. there's always clarity of boundary there if you want to give it. Number one, number two, respect is should be an assumption. Okay, what happens to a lot of people is it starts again when they're very young. Their feelings don't get respected, and that sends that young child a bunch of messages that then end up when they're adults, kind of imploding on them and causing them to have self-destructive behavior. So, what is respect? Respect is knowing where I end and where you begin. Okay, you don't have the right to tell me how to feel. They do that when you're a child, okay? But I'm an adult now. I'm 45 and you're 45, okay? So, A, I have to be clear about who I am and where my boundaries are because as soon as you step over my boundary, guess what? The clock stops. I look at you and I go, whoa, 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 stop, stop. You don't, you don't use that tone with me. You don't give me those rolling eyes, right? You need to treat me with respect. So when people set that kind of parameters, everything shifts. And again, that's about control and power. Now, here's a tool that's going to be really great for your listeners. In my book, uh, there is a page that has a map on it, and it's like four, it's like four railroad stations. Now, the first station is keeping self-commitments. The second station is self-respect. The third statement, uh, station is trust. And the last station is love. In order, you cannot leapfrog this. In order for you to start to develop and earn self-respect of yourself, that's the most important thing because you're the only person you can control, you have to keep your self-commitments. Now, what are self-commitments? I say to my clients, pick out things you hate to do. Do you floss every night? Do you drink uh, the appropriate amount of water every day? Do you exercise every day? Do you journal every day? Those are the shoulds in your life that make sense. And when you're not doing those things, you've got to embrace one of them to start on this road of healing and this road of self-awareness. So, And this is how it works, Sharon, is that let's say I'm not keen on exercising. I do it maybe once every two weeks. Ah, it's very bad for women. We have to do it at least six times a week. So the way you get started you should say, okay, I'm going to start walking 20 minutes every morning, okay? You get up 20 minutes earlier, half hour earlier than you normally get up. You've got to be committed. That means you go to bed a little bit earlier. You've got to be committed to it. But here you wake up the next morning and your little five-year-old, your self-sabotage, comes out and goes, nah, you know, I don't feel like going. Now, your adult, who's 45, needs to say to the little child, who's their inner child, come here, come here, come closer. What is it you want? I don't want to go for a walk. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, I'll tell you what. Why? I don't know why. I just don't want to do it. 
Okay. But I tell you what, get on my shoulder. You tap your shoulder. Say, come on, come on, come up here. And uh, I promised Peggy, whoever, that I'm going to do this every day, meanwhile you're lacing up your sneakers, and come with me and we're going to go for a little walk and you're going to tell me everything about this. Now, what is your 45-year-old really doing with your inner 5-year-old? She's giving you her patience and her presence and respect for her feelings. She's not steamrolling over her and saying, ah, never mind, you know, we promised Peggy to do this and go back to bed. And we're not doing that at all. We're saying, okay, I'll listen, come on, come on, come on. You can do two things at once. You can listen to her complaint, and you can start walking. Mm-hmm. And as you're walking, guess where she goes? She disappears. And how do you feel Feel when you come back? You feel good. You have respect for yourself. You've just earned self-respect as you kept your commitment to yourself. Well, you're also giving yourself the gift of life because the life, the gift of life is at each person when you're living your life. And in other words, uh, the... Uh, when you were brought into that delivery room that day as a special gift of life on this planet, you're treating yourself with that special t- gift. If you allow somebody to disrespect you, bully you, or you're not, a, you're not looking at yourself as a special part of this life. And that every single human being, every single life, as you say, has to think about how special that is. That's the moment mm-hmm. that belongs mm-hmm. to you. Exactly. It and is, uh, that is what it's about. Um, uh-huh. And then the word, uh, there's words, you know, have you ever noticed, Peggy, where words is an invention? The word, and I was listening to Judge Scalia this week, uh, last weekend on uh, the Chris Wallace show, and he was being interviewed on his new book, and I was finding it, finding it so fascinating because I love the wor- invention of a word. When way back in time, when the words came to inventions, when they were necessary, and the word respect, to remember the word old, good old-fashioned manners. And the manners mean nothing. It's not stuffy. To be considerate of other people, knowing that you're thinking about something else, buddy else, too. That's respect. So if you want to bully or you want to disrespect someone, you're thinking to them, you're saying to them, well, do it my way, because if you're not going to, I'm going to make you uncomfortable. People have to learn to be comfortable, to to expect to be respected, to demand to be respected. You've got to earn that. But it's, all, but it's all about demanding respect. You see, there we go. it's going on all day long. And money everybody. cannot buy that, Peggy. Of course it can't. No. Can't. But people, it, but money buys power. So people give in to that. They give in to believing that, and they, and, they, and they will cut slack for someone who has crossed the boundaries many times, but if the person has a lot of money, it's okay. And we have tons of co- cases in court, which I won't bring up now, but you know all of these, where it really comes down to someone got off easy because they had money and they had visibility and clout. Well, that's the sad part about what's happening out there, and you mentioned it earlier, and it's probably very difficult for women, too, because women, if she has to go to, a woman has to go to court, and she's uh, single all of a sudden, or been a single person, um, it's very, attorneys today, even in small communities, are over $200 an hour. And you don't have a time clock to punch. In other words, as soon as you call into the switchboard, you're on the time clock because the switchboard. So you're right about what's happening out there with 
protecting yourself if you're innocent. Well, protecting yourself when... You better have uh, the money or you won't be able to prove it. Protecting yourself when you're guilty. But, you know, I don't know how much time we have left, but I wanted to give you something, Sharon, because I so appreciate your time and this opportunity. Um, My book is out on Amazon, and uh, people can certainly purchase it. Uh, But also what I'm going to offer you is they can get a free download of my PDF of the book. If, for your listeners, if they go to my website which is thefinancialwhisperer.com, and and sign up for my newsletter, I will get a notification. They should send me an email with the name of your show in it, and I will send them free the PDF of my book. Okay. All right? All right. So Now, you had on here, compassion and softness help us accept ourselves so that we can get on the road to a re- uh, releasing the shame of, uh-huh. of where you're at in your life and maybe uh-huh. you're underfinanced and you can't afford the, quote, uh, the legal protection or you can't afford to do many things that you need to meet some of the obstacles. How do you tell women how to deal with that? Well, first of all, that, that, that's a, that question has many different elements to it. But the most important thing again, goes back to control. They need to be grounded. They need to be centered. They need to have themselves. Because when they have a whole bunch of issues flying around, some are financial, some are not, and they get frightened and they get overwhelmed, mm-hmm. it can't, it, it can, that is the worst time to make a decision. You should only make a decision when you're calm. It's a wonderful expression, Buddhist expression, that is. You can only see your reflection. You cannot see your reflection in running water. So if you are overwhelmed and then you are running around trying to make decisions and close up with the dam, as it were, all the decisions you're going to make are going to be questionable down the road when you do come to your senses. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's, a, it, it's complicated, but it's simple, but it's not easy to do. It always comes back to being present, breathing slowly, acknowledging that you feel overwhelmed, acknowledging you feel helpless or, or powerless, and just be still and respect those feelings. What to do about it will come to you. But right now, don't abandon your feelings. And that's what people do. They quickly go out and they go do something. Or they take an antidepressant. Don't do that. Go eat another donut. Don't do that. Stay with the feeling uncomfortable as it is because that's who you are. That's what you need to feel in that moment. And it will pass. And you will have clarity as to what to do. I think you, I'm glad you touched on to something that we have on our show a lot through the years, um, is health issues also. Is, mm-hmm. uh, if you're, if you're needing to handle an obstacle, the first thing you need to do is take account of your, uh, how much water you're drinking a day, a day, because that's an energy builder. Water without anything added on your diet and your sleep and your breathing mm-hmm. habits, like you just said, and stay away from sugar and carbohydrates because mm-hmm. they make you more depressed. Alcohol and mm-hmm. uh, medications make you depressed. So if you want misery, go to sugar, carbohydrates, <laughs> alcohol, <laughs> and smoke that other cigarette. It'll make you more depressed. If you want misery, wants company. But if you don't want company, go out and change your habits and then then don't worry and you're right about don't worry uh think about it once and then try to let your reactions deal with it more with common sense is what we're saying to you too but you know you're right about did you i am i wrong did they say that 
50% of our uh, marriages in the United States are divorced. And that woman to be alone and having to deal with all the finances and the obstacles of money are a challenge, but she should not be embarrassed. She has her, she's got herself, she's got maybe children, and then she can go into business thinking that, uh, that every day we're sitting at the kitchen table thinking about our, our, our log of how we're going to make this work and how we're going to handle the obstacles. And, but you know, our health is at the top of the list, Peggy. If we're not trying to be healthy first, everything else becomes miserably emotional. Uh, so that we don't look at things with common sense. It's almost like it's misery. Uh, one's company, if we're just going to douse the bad stuff into us and not think about what's healthy for us. It all comes down to how healthy we are. Well, it's true. I mean, it takes something really basic like sleeping. A lot of people, they've just all these, stu- all these studies, how many Americans, just, they just don't sleep for a whole range of reasons. And worrying, of course, makes it worse. The most important thing for you to do is to be hydrated and to get enough sleep. And breathe correctly. And breathe yeah, correctly. So for women, you know, the big, a big issue for women is um, dehydration and um, uh, inflammation. The only mm-hmm. way you're going to battle that is watch what you eat with the inflammation and drink plenty of, wa- plenty of clean water, the right and, water. And that will change our outlook yeah, and yeah. attitude because the brain is definitely affected by... Yeah. That, uh, all of that, and then when you hit an obstacle, what it's called, how to pay the bill, or uh, what's happening. And, you know, and uh, the reason I brought up the, the divorces, too, is you can imagine all the attorney fees that that costs mm-hmm. for yeah, women. No, and, I, yeah, yeah, and if, let's say she's lost the whatever, uh, and in many states today, she's got to go out and protect herself with the laws of the state, um, that are probably been created by a lot of men. I never thought about that, but and to protect herself with getting uh, to be able to to leave the relationship and not lose it all. Mm-hmm. It is complicated. But and then these women are having to raise children and not getting uh, child support, afraid to turn it in to the law uh, to the law enforcement because of the issues with the children and the father maybe might change. And they don't want the father mad at the kids or the kids mad at mother for what she did. Women have it tough today, Peggy. It's rough out there. You know what? The truth of the matter is women have always had it tough because, A, it turns out that I read this survey. It was an amazing analysis that we are biologically designed to last longer than men because we are the nurturers. Men's um, lifespan is very short compared to women. But I don't think we've ever had it easy. There's always been obstacles. And you're, you're, you and I have the generation of remembering what women's rights were about and when everything started back in the 70s. But um, I, I think it's tough. I think it's tough to be a mother. But, again, people go into this, to this experience and they're not thinking clearly. I know a lot of women who should never have had children. They're, they're horrible mothers, horrible. And there are other mothers out there that are fabulous, and they do they do an, an amazing job, even though they feel underappreciated. But it's hard being a mother. It's the hardest job of all. It is a rough. It is difficult. You know, Peggy. One of my causes around the world and is um, is involved with the women of the world that are carrying that water. She gets up in the uh, morning and she goes yeah. out with her buckets. Right. And, and goes at a distance to bring home what will keep the family going that day with water. 
she mm-hmm. and it, she has to go so far. So if she comes and she should fall and stumble, and because she's tired, and then she has to go back and get that water again, mm-hmm. and start all over again to make sure the family. In fact, I was listening to a program one time where the CEO of PepsiCo is from India, and her mother, she said, had to get up every morning and go out to behind the house and bring in the water that day. And this is very common women around the world doing this. She gets up in the morning and makes sure her family goes to school or her family goes ready for work, and she goes right, gets ready for work. She's uh, the women of the world. Uh, they were the, by the, did you know they're the first medicine doctors in the world were women? The nurture, they were the medicine doctors. They were not men doctors. They were women. You know, so women, not, go, go ahead. No, no, I'm not surprised because what is medicine really it's about? It's about Nurturing. taking care of, right? Men are out there, going back to your caveman thing, they're out there foraging for dinner. They don't have time to stand still and mm-hmm. really take stock of what's going on. A, a, a woman's commitment is to her pack. So I always hear women compare women to wolves. It's to her pack and her mate. Did you know also, Peggy, in other parts of the world, they're contributing money to these women in these communities, villages, and uh, for them to start water companies. Did you Have you ever heard of that? And no, they're paying for them to start the water company. They go in and show them how to build the business. They dig the well, the water source, and the woman then starts a business. And they, the women of the committee, as a group of women, there's a woman leading it, but the women grow, form this committee group to be able to operate this business as a community. Now, why would they want a business? It's because she'll operate it better than anybody, the women, and they'll make sure the quality and the control is always there for the family because she has more nurturing concerns of the health and the welfare and how to handle money than men. Well, you know, Sharon, what I always say, if, if women ran the world, we wouldn't have war, because who in their right mind would send a child into war, into battle? It doesn't make sense. We know how hard it is to carry these children for nine months. We know how hard it is to bring them up. Sending them off to war is not the way to solve the problem. Well, can I, I kind of have another outlook, and I want you to understand where I come from with total consideration for where you're coming around. We also have in neighborhoods where we women don't get to walk to certain parts of the neighborhood because of rapists and uh-huh. robbers, and uh-huh. and then we have a law enforcement that takes their life in their hands to try to protect that. And so there's the the planet Earth has a other outlooks on Earth that take advantage, and there's got to be something there, Peggy, to protect us for what we are able to live our lifestyle and do with some protection because there's other people out there that don't see what what we're they don't want to they don't have any respect for human life but it, but it is about respect we keep coming back to it because what they want whether it's whether it's going to be taking advantage of physically or money whatever mm-hmm. they have ruled mankind since, since the dawn of since, since the dawn of man it's their physical capacity but women don't have that we have other things so again, okay we are out of time but now how do they find you on the website what is your website number my website is dot com. my personal mm-hmm. email is peggy p-e-g-i at the financial whisperer.com and I also give everyone a half hour of my time 
whether they get the PDF version of the book or whether they buy it at Amazon, I don't care. But for me, it's like I love to reach out to people. I love people to respond and you know, ask me questions. How do they solve? I want to introduce you to uh, somebody I met not long ago. She was a former runner-up from Miss USA, and she's starting a, a group of women on the dot-com that can come in and work together to think about some things that they want to live, how they want to live their lives. And I'm Peggy. I want to make sure you meet her. She, you two will hit it off. And uh, she really believes that women need this source of. Of, of getting together, and, and it doesn't always have to be in person. It can be relationships that you build uh, to try to help each other because you're right. There's no reason to be embarrassed. What can, I, what can you do to solve it? Well, here, here, let me just leave you with one thought. You cannot allow someone else or other circumstances to define who you are. I have so to leave it at that because we're out of time. Okay, I enjoyed right. being with you, okay. and I wish you a very nice day and the success of what you're doing, and I'm going to make sure you meet that woman. You have a thank nice you. day. Thanks so much. Bye, Peggy. Well, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, I enjoyed every minute of that. I'm sure you did, too, even the men. Uh, embrace your life, because as Peggy was saying today, and our guests have every week we've had them on, your life is special. Embrace your own life. It belongs to you. But where Earth is whispering, never say goodbye. Leave something very special behind about you, with you, for others. I want to thank you for listening. You have a nice day, and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 